and welcome to the Determined People podcast. I am your host, John Harrell. My goal with the podcast has always been inspiration, but not a rah-rah way or with cute little sayings. Every day I try to bring you some wisdom to help you through the challenging moments in your life. You know, our world needs hope, now more than ever. And along with the daily message, every week I bring interesting people to the show who share their experience, strength, and their hope to encourage you as well. Our guest today comes from one of the most challenging industries to break into. Not only is it hard to get into, it's harder to sustain a career in. Jamie Beebe comes to us from the entertainment world. She has a long resume of accomplishments, music management, production, commercials, feature films, shorts, and now her main gig is casting. She started in non-scripted and now has built a successful reputation in scripted casting. You will come away admiring her relentless work ethic and drive and her ingenuity and creativity. And yet she has remained well-liked among her peers, even more remarkable. So welcome, Jamie. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much. Glad you're here. So let's start off. Tell us a little bit about your background. I, I think I read that you're, you're from Iowa. I am, yeah. Um, I grew up in, in the Midwest couple different towns throughout Iowa, Wisconsin, um, you know, simple Midwestern living. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Iowa. It's very it's very cold there most of the time. It's cold. It was, you know, I grew up in a small, small town. I think I had a graduating class of like 30, so um, oh, wow. very small, yeah. Was there a moment in your life growing up that you decided, I want to be in entertainment? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> You know, I really had no idea what I wanted to do um, growing up and even, you know, graduating from high school. I was just kind of floating around, like, no idea what I really wanted to do. I mean, I liked everything and nothing because I was, like, 17, 18, and I don't know how people know what they want to do with the rest of their lives at that age, Mm -hmm. Um, but I certainly didn't. So I started, um, you know, traveling, and I followed a band called Fish for a while, Um, and just kind of traveled around. I ended up in Ohio, um, near Ohio University, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll I'll go to college now. And uh, I went, I got a bachelor's degree in photography from Ohio, from Ohio University. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, this is quite a few years ago. This was actually right before um, digital cameras came out. So I was learning how to process film. And then as soon as I graduated, literally like that year, everybody had a digital camera. And I was like, well, how am I going to use my degree? <laughs> so, yeah. So then I, you know, I went to college. Um, I went and got my master's degree in music management at Columbia College Chicago after that because um, I thought it would be really fun to manage bands. And, um, you know, I tried. I had, you know, boyfriends and bands and I tried to manage them and, um eventually moved out to LA with one of those boyfriends in a band and um it was a much much harder thing to do than I anticipated. Um he ended up becoming a chiropractor and uh I turned and went to production. Kind of gave up on the music thing too. How did you get into into production? Because as I as I read or heard on an interview, you really didn't know what you were doing as a producer. How did you how did you just go start? Yeah, I really had no idea. Um, you know, an ex-boyfriend of mine, he was a actor-turned-director type of deal, and um, he wanted to start a production company. And so he said, hey, you know, why don't you manage, manage the production company and 
I was like, all right, cool. But I had never actually even been on a set at that point and had no clue what to do. So I turned to the Internet and just started reading everything I could and, um, you know, watching videos, YouTube videos, and just basically researching what to do to make a commercial or, you know, what to do to make a film or whatever it was that we're making. And that's kind of how I learned. So you didn't have a mentor. You just did this really – I mean, your mentor was YouTube and Google. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> did did uh, did it? So when you get on the set and they have certain terms for people and their jobs and and uh, you know for for certain things on on the set, were you like, were you hearing them say something and not knowing what they were talking about? Did that come up? I mean, sometimes you know. Luckily, we had a full crew um, for a lot of a lot of things. I mean, there were some jobs that I doubled up on. You know, I did the production or the management aspect of it, but then I also did the casting and sometimes I did the wardrobe and the makeup and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But as far as, you know, the grips and um, you know, everybody else, you know, with the camera and working behind the scenes, um, you know, they really helped me learn really fast because I would ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, oh, what are you doing there? What's that for? You know, so I was really trying to learn everything I could as soon as I got on the set as well. It tell tell people a little bit about because I've been on sets on on sitcoms and movies and all and and observed and but people don't always realize how much work goes into producing something. Talk talk about the massive amount of work ethic that that goes into to production. Oh my gosh, it's like you know it's it's twenty hours twenty hour days easy, and then the four hours that you actually aren't there, you're thinking about what you're going to do the next day. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, everything really has to flow um, perfectly, you know, to from the beginning to the end, from the from when you first get the idea to when it's, you know, in post. Everything has to just keep going, going, going. And there's so many different people that work on every production, um, you know, which is kind of something when I, before I knew what production was all about, I had no idea that there was even, like, you know, casting directors and grips and electricians and, makeup people and hair people and, you know, I mean, there's, there's a million different people, you know, the first AD, the, um, you know, just, there's so many people, line producer, I mean, there's a million jobs on, on every production, so, um, I mean, there's so much work that goes into it, there really is. There's a, a lot of moving parts all at one time, and mm-hmm. I just picture, like, almost controlled chaos. It's almost like managing a band, so maybe that prepared you for that, that particular <laughs> part of your life. Now, were you involved in budgeting as well? I was. Um, you know, I worked um, with the owner of the company closely with budgeting. Um, and it, that was really interesting because I didn't realize how much it cost to put even just a tiny little production. But at the same time, there's a lot of ways that you can cut costs. And we were he was really good at, at being able to cut costs and keeping costs really low. Um, while still being able to pay everybody. You know, we'd cut costs in different areas. So that was a really interesting learning curve for me um, because, first of all, I didn't know how much it could possibly cost, and then I didn't realize how much you can actually cut from the cost without, you know, cutting people's paychecks, which is kind of cool. So were you working primarily with uh, SAG uh, members, or were you able to get around and do some independence? Um, both. I was doing doing both. Some productions were SAG and some weren't. So it's kind of dependent on the production. 
and then I saw somewhere that you had this brilliant idea. I'm calling it divine intervention, but to go to a (laughs) film school and ask students to hire you. Well, yeah. So after that job kind of ended, and I think the company just kind of, you know, we weren't getting a lot of jobs or whatever, and, um, you know, we all kind of disbanded from that company, I realized I really liked the casting aspect of it. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just go be a casting director because, like, that's the part of the whole production that I like the most. Um, and then I realized it's really, really hard. Like, no one, if you don't, if you haven't cast a big movie before, like, no one's just going to be like, yeah, you can cast the movie. So <laughs> I had to find people that were pretty much, you know, as desperate as I was. So I just, uh, you know, I started looking at the film schools because they have to cast projects for their, um, for their classes and stuff and their thesis and all that. Um, and I, they don't really teach a lot about casting in um, in film school is what I kind of learned from that. And so I would go and ask people what they were working on and if they needed a casting director. Um, and some schools, they actually give um, – they award some, some finances to the students in order to make their projects, and they have to pay each person. So I would get, like, $100 or something, you know, to cast their project. But, you know, it worked. And then as – they started graduating, they kept me around because I, you know, did a great job. I cast a project for them. They liked working with me. So as, as they started growing, I started growing as well. For your talent pool, I'm talking about your talent skills, is, is casting um, a better fit for you than production? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do like some parts of production, and I'm kind of getting back into production a little bit here and there. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, casting is such a happy job for me. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm telling people that they got the job. You know, I'm helping them along, and I get to see so many people and meet so many people. Um, you know, and just learn about human nature in general. It's, it's really kind of neat. It's a really neat learning curve and a way to just kind of interact. So, when you're casting for a show, do you um, call agents that you know or that, that are working? Say, I'm looking for this type of person, um, and send me who you've got. Walk us through that process of how casting actually works, start to finish. I do. Um, so, you know, once I am hired for the job, um, you know, I discuss everything with the producers and the directors and what they have in mind. You know, we talk about the budget, what we can, what actors that we could get for that budget. Like, I'll give them a list of actors that I know or actors that I know that work within whatever budget that is that might be interested in doing this type of project. Um, you know, and we make a list together and then I'll usually post it on the breakdown so that, you know, it goes out to all the agents and managers and a lot, and sometimes it'll go out to the actors depending on the project. Um, the lower budget projects we do put out to the actors as well. And then I always call all the agents and managers that I'm friends with and I tell them what I'm working on and see who they have in mind because they could have somebody, you know, totally out of the box that we wouldn't have thought of that's, you know, looking for, a new project right now or like somebody that always does horror films and they want to do a comedy and I've got a comedy and, you know, otherwise we never would have been able to get that actor, something like that. So, um, you know, casting is, is so much of kind of who you know. It really is. It's a lot about making friends in the industry and, um, you know, keeping those relationships solid. Sure. Well, it's, it's like anything else. Your reputation has to precede you. And it's it the most important thing that we all have is is our word and do we keep it and, and you know sometimes things go awry but if it's out of our control people will, will be pretty forgiving on on that one 
but it's all reputation and you've built that. It just it just cracks me up and blows me away to think of you standing outside film school. Hey, you want to hire me? You'd like to hire me? And, you know, $100 goes a long way in Los Angeles. <laughs> Not really. Um, well, you know, and at, at the same time that I was doing that, I had started working in unscripted, um, more to pay the bills. It, you know, it's a little bit easier to get hired, um, you know, for reality shows, testing reality shows. I mean, you start at the bottom, but um, I easily worked my way into, you know, a top a, a top area of, of casting and scripted. Um, but it was definitely easier to start out in scripted, or I mean, unscripted, and then move into scripted for how I did it. How do you how do you cast? Um, a, a reality show because a lot of the real, real, what they call reality shows in my estimation aren't real life at all but I get that it falls into that genre but how do you cast one of those? You know we put the ad like we put little you know Facebook ads out or um, you know in, post on Instagram post wherever we can to get people to check it out um, you know especially depending on the show and then Find, find the people. I mean, just go out there and look. You know, I'll scour newspaper ads for people doing cool things. Because, you know, for a reality show, you want somebody with a life that you, want, that you want to see on TV. So somebody with a big personality, somebody with a great backstory. You know, some if you're going to look for a fireman, like let's find the fireman that was in the news for running into a building and saving a bunch of children, you know, <laughs> something like that. Or let's find the fireman that just did a – up calendar. I mean, I don't know, whatever it might be. So just somebody that has that extra flair to them. Um, so really, you know, it's just scouring all types of social media. Um, you know, I've also gone out. I'll go out to the bars and, and who's popular, who's bouncing off the walls, who has great energy, you know. I'll ask them, hey, do you want to be in reality shows? I've got this show I'm casting. Are you single? Do you want to be in this show? Is it, you know, if it's the bachelor show, whatever it might be. So yeah, for sure. When you do that, do you have people go, yeah, right, you're, you're really the casting director. I mean, do they challenge you on that one? Um, once in a while, but, you know, it is L.A., so, <laughs> so that stuff does happen. <laughs> Everybody's got something going on out there. Everybody yeah. has a project and um, that they've got of their own, and, and that's first and foremost on the shelf. So you started um, a podcast last year. Tell, me, tell us about that. I did. Um, you know, I started a production company um, with my business partner, Jake Saptula, and we weren't really sure exactly where we were going with things. Um, we know we wanted to work, do some projects involving true crime because we both were really into true crime. And one day, I listened to so many podcasts, all the true crime podcasts. I love them all. Um, and one day, I called him, and I was like, oh, you know, I really want to do a true crime podcast but I feel like all the good murder ones are taken. Like, everyone's already doing everything I want to do. And he was like, well, no one's doing stalking. And I was like, stalking? Like, I don't know anything about that. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, do stalkers go to jail? Like, really just didn't know much about it. So I thought, you know, if I don't know anything about it and I'm a true crime buff, then I'm sure a lot of other people don't know anything about it. Like, where do you even go to get help for if you're being stalked? Or, you know, how do you even let the police know what's going on. It's kind of such a weird crime. So I started researching, you know, back to Google and <laughs> the Internet, um, and I learned so much about it, and I was just appalled by, you know, how 
how slow our laws are in catching up with with what stalking actually is and what it does to the victim. Um, and then we just started reaching out to people and, you know, asking people if they wanted to share their story to help others. And I've learned a ton about stalking since then, and it's actually doing really well, and I think we're helping a lot of people. That's great. How, how are you finding your guests? Because that is a, it's a very necessary subject to, to bring to the forefront because there's I've, I've actually been stalked before. And it sounds weird for a man to say I've been stalked, but I have, and mm-hmm. it is creepy when you I'm in the grocery store and I turn around and there she is I'm mm-hmm. standing in my front yard and she drives by. And I'm like, okay, I'm not yeah. physically threatened, but it's just kind of a weird vibe. But how do you, yeah. it's, it's something that, that, People, you know, sometimes when I, talk, when I tell my friends about it, they go, yeah, right. Well, what do you you got to be complimented a girl stalking you. Well, I get that. But it's not a girl I want to. But, the, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. so how do, you, how do you find guests? I, I, I thought you might have been stalked yourself, and that would lead to this. But, but no, that's not the case. No, it's not the case. Um, you know, I how we started out finding guests is just basically the same way that I would cast a reality show. You know, I started looking through, um, you know, news um, on on the internet and, and just reading news stories and then finding sometimes they say the victim's name and sometimes they don't, um, you know, so then just finding their names and reaching out to them and asking them if they'd share their stories. A lot of our first guests were our, you know, advocates, um, anti-stalking advocates. So they actually started, they turned it around and started working within, um, you know, the stalking world to help other people. So they were pretty um, willing to come on the show and then once the show picked up some steam, a lot of people write into us and tell us what's going on. And, you know, we also try to help people. We're not just, um, I mean, we're, we are sharing, we'd like to share their stories and we can do it anonymously or whatever. But sometimes they're still being stalked as we're speaking to them. So we try and get them necessary help as well. That's great. Yeah, it really is great because people, especially in a situation like that, they can be frustrated trying to deal with with. Law enforcement can't really do anything mm-hmm. until something happens, and that's exactly for especially for a woman. It's very scary to be in in that position. So I, I, I admire what you are doing. So tell us about the last year. I mean, coronavirus, I mean, entertainment industry, everything kind of came to a standstill. Um, how did how have you coped through the global pandemic of the last well eleven months? Um, you know, it's it's. A hor- the pandemic is horrific. It really is. I mean, so many people unnecessarily lost their lives, lost their jobs, um, lost a lot. I was extremely fortunate and have been extremely fortunate in that, um, you know, with the podcast and everything, even though filming was shut down for a while, you know, I'm still doing fine financially on that end. But also, you know, I actually went through a breakup right before the pandemic hit. I'm so thankful for that. Um, so I just had the last year to you know, kind of with myself, I have a couple girlfriends that we've been hanging out throughout everything and being careful with COVID. And so lots of hiking and going to the beach and hanging out with my dogs and hanging out with myself and uh, research and reading. And, you know, I've just had actually kind of a great um, year of solitude. Just, I mean, not complete solitude. I'm definitely hanging out with my friends, but um, it's been kind of great. I mean, if you weren't looking at it as being a pandemic, because of course, you know, there's, it's pretty horrific what's been going on. But um, other than everything in, in the world, um, just on a personal level, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, growth and it's just been great. Yeah, I think that's wonderful because, because I'm eternally optimistic, always have been. And I, I see so many good things 
that have come as a result of the pandemic. Yes, the loss of life is is horrible, and and there's no discounting that. But I've seen so many good things, like what you're talking about. Personal growth mm-hmm. is is has has just probably gone off the charts for you, and many others I talked to. You know, churches are finally getting outside the four walls and going out into the community. There's there's so much good that's out there, but you just got to look for it. It's right under our noses, but you got to be be aware and be and be cognizant and uh, of, of it. So you remind me and impress me as a as a young woman who knows what she wants. What does your future hold, Jamie? Oh gosh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm really excited um, about you know coming out of the pandemic and coming out of you know the everything that's kind of been going on because I think a lot of people have. Um, a new lease on life, a new look on life. Um, and I think that that's going to be amazing just in like the creative projects that are coming out, you know, things that I'm starting to, you know, hopefully work on soon. Um, filming has begun again, which is fabulous. Um, it's not at the point that it was for sure, but definitely coming back. And, you know, I just think there's so many, um, so many creative things came out of this, which is great. And so, I'm excited to work on all that. I can't wait to travel again. <laughs> That'll be a big one. I really love traveling. Um, you know, and then just uh just keep keep going in the direction that I'm in. Let me ask you another question. And and this, go, this is going through your entire career. Mm-hmm. Has anybody who's close to you ever tried to talk you out of going to Los Angeles and pursuing your dream of working in entertainment? No, you know, it's funny. Um I have so many little, I've had so many dreams. Like every month I would call my parents and be like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do with my life, you know, like, and it would be some crazy wild thing. Um, And I think I've tried just about everything out there. I mean, I would would call my parents and be like, so I'm going to move to Honduras today. (laughs) They're like, what? You know, which I did. I moved to Honduras at one point for like a few months, you know, Um, or like I'll I'll call them and I'm going to try and get a job doing this. And they've always just been extremely supportive. Um, and I think that really helped me along the way because, you know, I was young and I would just have a, literally a different idea each month or each week of what I wanted to do. And they'd be like, cool, yeah, do it, you know, and, and they were just completely for it. So, um, so, no, no one's ever really tried to talk me out of anything. Um, my parents have always just been super supportive and I've been really close to them. I think, I think that's great. It's very important to have people that care about you and don't have an agenda that want the best for you. And, and I, I, I am happy that, that that you have that. Yeah, I guess that your parents finally got worn down and going, well, it's Jamie again. Let's see what the agenda of the month is. <laughs> you know, they do. They laugh because um, for for so long, you know, they'd be like, are you sure that, you know, you're going to do this? Like, okay, you know, but I would always tell them, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. That was always my my one thing. Like, I'd be like, okay, so I'm going, I'm traveling here and doing this. And they're like, okay. I'm like, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so I have to do it, you know. So they joke now whenever I'm, like, going to, whenever I call them and tell them I'm going to do something. They're like, oh, is it a once-in-a-lifetime experience? <laughs> it's kind of, you know, that's how I always seem to convince them is uh, by using that little line. So it's kind of a little joke we have. I think it's great. It seems like everything is, has worked out. But I know it's not come without some challenges and some dark times and some heartbreaks and everything else Every, everyone's story does you don't you don't have success without having a lot of rejection a lot of closed doors 
Tell um, sure. the one thing we didn't get. Tell 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 the listeners the name of your podcast, where they can find you, and how often do you drop interviews? Um, so the podcast is called Strictly Stalking, um, and you can find me on Instagram at feathergirl seventy seven. Um, and what was the last question? How often do you drop uh, interviews? Is it is it on oh, regular basis? Tuesday. Or? Yep. Okay. Yep. We've got episodes that come out every Tuesday. Okay. So we're recording on a Tuesday, and I haven't checked my podcast loads yet, except my own to make sure it got in there. But I will check <laughs> and, and listen later because I've listened to some of your some of your podcasts, and they're excellent. So, Great. Thank you. Is, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about Jamie Beebe? Oh gosh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know I'm 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 easy to find, easy to get hold of, um, and I like meeting new people. So if anyone out there wants to reach out, go for it. Fantastic. Do you have a uh, you have a website as well? Um, you know, I mostly just use Instagram at this point. Um, okay. Instagram and email. Feathergirl seventy seven. Yeah, you got it. Feathergirl seventy seven and strictly stalking. Mm-hmm. So. Jamie, thank you very much for being with us today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to share your experience, your strength, and your hope. And your story is inspiring. And one thing I, I have noticed, because I know I know what you do is extremely hard. I have been in with and around entertainment for 20 years, and it is hard. Yet you haven't let it impact your attitude and your cheeriness, and you haven't got a you haven't you don't have a hard edge that a lot of people I meet in Hollywood have. <laughs> No, so whatever you're doing, happy, positive person. Like whatever you're doing, happy. yeah, whatever you're doing, keep the adventure of the month, uh, the, of the new um, uh, uh, adventure of the month going. Whatever you're doing, keep it going. Thank you very much, and you have a wonderful rest of your week, and uh, be well. Thank you. You too. Bye bye.